Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2 gram net carb herb croissant or the 1 gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. Hello, hello, my darling friends. Hi, welcome back to the show. It is all of our favorite moment of the week, right? Isn't this your favorite moment of the week? It is my favorite moment of the week to record. So I hope listening to this show is one of your favorite moments of the week. But it's time for a brand new episode of the show. I am, I am sitting here. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm sitting here smiling really, really big. <laughs> I uh, I don't even know where to start sharing from today, to be honest. I have so many feelings all over my body. I think I think we should take a moment to ground. Yeah. How do you feel? How are you doing? Do you need a moment to ground too? My guess is yes. So not for too long, but just let's take a moment. If you have the ability to close your eyes, go ahead and do that. If you have the ability to sit down and find a comfortable shape for your body right now, go ahead and do that. And if you are out and about, you're listening to this on the go, on a run, in the car, see if there's some tiny, subtle shift that you can make in your posture in this moment, maybe in your breath, in your awareness that makes you feel a little bit closer to yourself. And I really, I want to pause by that sentence just for a moment, a little bit closer to yourself, something that makes you feel closer to you. I think in a lot of the work that we do around self-care, around wanting to feel good, cultivating self-love, healing old wounds, we want to feel more like our most authentic selves. We want to be able to settle really deeply into our own skin, you know, to walk out into this world and not feel shame, not feel like we have to hold ourselves back, not feel like we're too much or not enough. We just want to be close to who we really are. And I find that in every moment, even in those moments when this connection feels far away. There is always a little something we can gift ourselves to bring us closer to home. There's things we can do that bring us further away, right? And there's things we can do to bring us a little bit closer. So what is something you can 
do or offer to yourself right now that brings you closer to yourself. If I check in with me in this moment, I'm actually sitting, I'm not 100% comfortable, I just realized, so I'm just going to move around a little bit in my seat. I have a pillow that was just, it was a little bit scrunched up beneath me, so I just moved that up a little bit. And then taking a deep breath, I can sink back into this chair and I feel immediately a little bit more alignment, a little bit more softness in my body. And what is something else I can offer to myself in this moment that would bring me closer to me? I can slow my breath down. I can take a deeper inhale, a deeper exhale. And what is something else I can offer myself? Hmm, this is a common one for me. I often do this without, without noticing, just walking around, doing my thing. I hold my belly in. And I do this particularly around other people. I do it more if I'm wearing tight clothing. It's, it's, just, it's not a sucking in of the stomach, but it's just a little holding on there. And whenever I notice that, I can give myself just the permission to relax, to soften my belly, to let my belly be bigger instead of that conditioning that's followed me around my whole entire life, telling me my belly should be smaller or flatter or non-existent. And it's one of those things that doesn't matter how many times I actively soften there. As soon as I lose presence, I catch myself holding on again because that's the pattern of my body. So just creating a little more space, and maybe that's true for you too, right? And perhaps the thing you can offer yourself right now that makes you feel closer to you is like unclasping your bra. <laughs> oh my God, that feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> if you're wearing one, I'm not wearing one. Unbuttoning your jeans if they're like digging into the sides of your waist, you know, kick your shoes off, drop your jaw, let go of something that feels a little bit tense. If there's anything that's causing you even just a fraction of discomfort right now that you actually can change, give yourself that gift. If you're thirsty, drink some water. You know, if something's not comfortable, shift it. And then take another deep breath. Open the mouth this time and let it all out. If you want to blink your eyes open, you can, but if it feels good to just keep them closed and stay just like that, however long you like. I feel so close to myself right now that I could cry. I feel so close to myself that I could cry. 
And it's been a little bit of a theme for me this whole this whole entire week. I've had a very special week. I'm going to tell you all about it. But I'm starting to, it's almost like I have an epiphany that's unfolding inside of me and I haven't grasped the full spectrum of it yet. It's not one of those light bulb, unbelievable realizations that are like, oh my God, you know, but it's more like a budding realization that I'm having around what I've been searching for for so very long, what I'm constantly looking for, what I've really shaped my life around finding, which hasn't always been very clear for me. You know, I, I thought for a long time, you know, if I think back to my my first moments of of awakening, if you can call it that, just realizing that the way I was living my life wasn't working, you know, back when I was 18 and yeah, the moments that led me to finding yoga, to finding meditation, to starting down this very different path of healing, right? Making different choices for myself. I think back then the thing I was looking for, because I was searching for something, was I wanted to be free from suffering. I didn't want to suffer anymore. I didn't want to feel pain anymore. I was in some sort of pain all the time up until that point. I can't remember many moments in my life where I felt a real level of peace, where I wasn't filled with anxiety, where I wasn't angry, where I wasn't jealous, where I wasn't just completely tied up in the mess that was my head, you know, and my life and my family and my past. It was just, there was just so much there, right? I didn't, I didn't have any, I had never seen a path forward that would be free from suffering or that even looked like less suffering. You know, it was more trying to keep my head above water my entire life. And then I, I started down this path and I found so much relief, right? Yoga was one of those big, big, big things in my life that brought me so much relief, a reprieve from the suffering. And it started as relief from suffering in my body. I had so much pain my whole life. I had so much back pain, neck pain, lower back pain, shoulder pain, and I was just constantly in pain somewhere, you know, and yoga helped me with that. And then eventually I became, became bigger than that. It became freeing myself from the suffering of my mind more and more that I all of a sudden found myself in moments of silence. I started questioning that voice in the back of my head, that very critical voice that was telling me that everything I did was terrible, that I was ugly, that I was unattractive, that I was unintelligent, that I was going to fail, that no one loved me, that at the end of it all, everyone would abandon me. That broken record in the back of my head that was constantly putting me down, yoga gave me freedom from that. And in the beginning, it was very short, you know, it was these little moments of, of space between those very malicious thoughts. And then that space became wider and broader and bigger and more expansive. And along with that, I started realizing that I, I could carve out a different life for myself. You know, I could actually, I have all these choices. I don't have to do the things I thought I had to do. I don't have to 
please my family all the time. I don't have to live my life for somebody else. I don't have to please society. I don't have to, I don't have to do this life the way I thought I had to. Actually, I can choose, right? And then I started carving out this path where I was looking for something different. You know, so it really went from, I just wanted to be free from suffering to I was looking for something. And then the thing I was looking for, I think I was looking for connection. I was looking for a sense of belonging. I was looking for community. And I was also looking for validation, I think, for a lot of, of that next cycle of season of my life. I was, I wanted people to, to affirm to me that I was good, you know, that I was doing good things, that I was helpful that I had purpose, that I could add something of value to this world, you know, and somehow looking for that kind of intensified this, this journey that I was on and led me to, to moving really fast, led me to accelerate everything I was doing so that I could be more, right, and do more and be more helpful and try to save the world or save somebody or, or save an animal or help a person or, you know, and all of that along the way of all of that, which somehow became this career that I had as a yoga teacher and, and writing books and social media and all, all the stuff that I, that I did for so long. I was still always searching, right? It was never this, I never had this feeling that at some point I arrived at a destination. You know, the closest thing to that, I think, was, was when Leia was born, when my, when my daughter was born, was a feeling of having arrived somewhere. But before that, even though I arrived at many big milestones and there was so much beauty and so many big experiences in my life and so much love and healing, you know, it's all good but I always underneath it all had that feeling that eventually I'm going to get to that thing I'm looking for. But I still wasn't really sure of what that was. You know, I wasn't looking for fame. I wasn't, at least not consciously, you know. I was definitely looking for some idea of success, you know. Not that conventional idea of success through money or through yeah, if I make this one thing happen or I make this much money or I climb this ladder, then I will feel accomplished and then I'll be happy because I, I knew that was not the case. But the idea of success, I think, as in having the world affirm to me that I'm doing good things. It was almost like I needed the world to tell me that I'm good so that I could believe I was good. And all along, doing all of that work, running so very fast to continue to be bigger, right? To be better, to prove myself as great somehow. I, I lost track of, of, of the fact that I was searching for something all along. And somehow the means became the end goal. And I, and I really have been able to really sit with that, especially this week. It's been very present with me how the thing that I was... I was looking for this great big thing that I haven't still really identified, searching for something, freedom of suffering, searching for validation, searching for love, right? But then all the things I did on the way there became the thing that I thought I was seeking, right? So I really, th I think I thought, well, if I just, if I write another book and that book does great 
and it's a New York Times bestseller. And everybody reads that book. And then I help a bunch of people and maybe they will feel better in their journey from reading how I felt better in my journey. And maybe then I will arrive, right? Or if I grow my platform this big and reach this many people through the yoga practice, or if I teach this many people to be teachers and then they go out into the world and then they teach and then, you know, it's this ripple effect of this great thing, maybe then I'll, and it was always this one next thing, right? And I got so absorbed in the thing I was doing that I forgot about, about the end goal somewhere, right? I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't know where I was going in all of this. And that is how I started burning out, you know, losing sight of my why, losing sight of my innermost, most authentic motivation, losing sight of what is the reason behind all of this running, all of this work, all of this building, right? Because of course, searching for external validation isn't, isn't really going to take us to that place of peace inside. And then all of that led to this great big burnout, <laughs> creating many great things, led to this great big burnout. And then came pandemic, right? And then came the many things I've shared with you over the past two years. A change of pace, a change of life, you know, the garden, the tea, <laughs> time with my daughter, my husband, you know, a total shift of everything, a pause and a stop. And then came the mold. And then now <laughs> came Sweden, right? And here I am. And it's occurred to me just now, like really, really just now that this thing that I've been searching for my whole entire life, which has looked like I want to be free from suffering. And then it's looked like I want validation. I want to feel loved. I want to be seen. I want, I want to feel purposeful. And then became in a very big way the past two years, I want peace. I want calm. I want quiet. You know, I want solitude. I want a connection to earth. I want nature. And this week, it, <laughs> I think because I have arrived in a really big sense, I think I'm, I'm at a stage in my life where I feel the closest to having arrived at something I've been searching for. Right. I, I feel very close to nature. I feel I have so much space and peace and calm in my life. I feel so grateful for that. I I have such so very little distractions, you know. I really <laughs> I was sitting in the middle of this week just really seeing myself almost as if I was zoomed out of my life and I looked at my life from from above somehow. It's like, wow, look at you. Look at you gardening all day. Look at you recording a podcast that you love, speaking to people who listen to you, who you so adore. Like, look at you spending this really present time with your daughter and your husband and your dogs. Look at you walking through the woods every day. Look at you swimming in cold waters. Like, look at you healing relationships with your family. Like, look at you waking up in the morning, feeling a sense of peace. Like, holy shit. Because <laughs> I think it's easy to end the journey toward the thing that we're seeking. It's so easy to lose sight of the fact that we are 
continuously and always arriving there as we search. My big search for peace, you know, there's always more peace to be found, right? There's always a greater sense of peace. There's always a a next milestone I can reach as I expand my own capacity to sit with what life brings me. But if I lose sight of the fact that I'm, I'm already arriving, like I've already done that, I'm already here while I'm searching for this great big thing called peace, I'm actually here now experiencing peace, having more moments of peace in my life than I've ever had. And it's, it's some, almost like the search can get in the way of the arrival at the same time. I don't know if I'm making sense to you. This is all kind of jumbled in my, in my heart right now. But I had that realization of, wow, look at your life. Like, absolutely. And I, I realized that the thing that I've been searching for has been the same thing all along. That actually all those cycles of my life and the things that I've gone through and how this path has morphed and changed. And I I see myself as that 16 year old, super suffering, doing drugs, drinking every day, you know, fighting with everybody, running away from home, like not wanting to live, like really, really heavy, dark time filled with so much suffering and trauma. And then I see myself, you know, as a mother, like sitting on our, on my balcony in Aruba, looking, watching the sunrise every day with my daughter. And I see these two versions of myself. And it's like, I was looking for the same thing in both of those times of my life. All this time I've been looking for myself. All this time I've been trying to get closer to me. And I, and I cry, like I well up, my eyes well up immediately saying that because it, it feels like such a big, great, important truth. And I've heard it so many times before, right? I've had it said to me in yoga class. I've read it in books. I've, you know, I've seen <laughs> Ram Dass on YouTube and <laughs> the same talk tell me this a million times, right? A million times. And it wasn't until this week that I, that it really settled in my bones. I am the one I've been waiting for. You are the one you've been waiting for. And I have to take a pause there and just take a deep breath. And I want you to take a deep breath too. You are the one you've been waiting for. We run in circles. We spin in circles, driving ourselves wild, looking, looking, searching, looking for that peace, for that joy, for that calm, for that purpose, for the belonging, for the love, for the community, for for something, right? And all along, we're looking for ourselves. All along, we're looking for everything we already are, everything we already have, everything we were born into this world with in our essence. 
you know, that same beautiful perfection that we were when we were born, we still are today. And we spend our adult lives looking for ourselves. So I'm kind of reframing, I think, <laughs> my whole, yeah, the whole framework of my spiritual journey, of my quest. It's like I'm looking for inner peace, I'm looking for enlightenment, I'm looking for freedom from suffering. It's like, hey, you're just looking for yourself. And she's in there. She's always been in there. And it's less about finding these new things to add to your life, to make life more bearable and less painful. And it's more about peeling away and letting untrue stories that you tell yourself about yourself fall away. Because underneath it all, there you are. Like, there I am. Are you ready for spring? I sure am. Over here in Sweden, I make it my business to get outside and get some sunlight on my skin each and every day. But in the winter, that can be really hard, and your body will feel the effect of that. Did you know that 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet? Luckily, Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. Ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. You get nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. And the best part, you can trust what you are putting in your body because Ritual has the USP verified mark. That means that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. And only 1% of supplement brands are able to get this mark. So it's a big deal. Rituals multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I have taken Ritual for years because of reasons like this. I love knowing that the ingredients in my vitamins are actually doing their job. Otherwise, what's the point? No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. If I sound like I'm like on psilocybin or something right now, <laughs> I'm definitely not. But I am on a little bit of a of a high, and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain how I how I arrive here. So this week I went on a trip. I was invited on a trip. No, actually, I uh, <laughs> I invited myself on a trip, <laughs> which is really something that my my innermost, truthful, most authentic version of me. That's something that she does, right? There's a version of me as an adult that's that's kind of scared to take up space, that's scared to really ask for what she wants, that's scared to fully verbalize and communicate her desires. Like there's a, there's this very tamed, very pale, like scaled back version of me that's really terrified of asking for what she wants and speaking that out loud. And there's this innermost authentic version of me that just asks for what she needs and wants her needs met. 
<laughs> and that version of me was like, I want to go on this trip. Can I come? <laughs> so I said, my best friend Olivia was invited to go to a trip along with our childhood friend, Siri. It's two friends, like Olivia and Siri. We've, we went to school together. We've known each other since we were, we were 15. We're just very, very close. And they were invited to go to this trip to go hiking way up north. And it sounded amazing. And I was like, I want to go, you know. And Olivia was like, I'm sure they would like love to have you do. Should we just ask if you can come? And I'm like, yeah, ask if I can come. Let's, let's go. And then they were like, yeah, sure. Come along. Like, that's fine. And as I, we started planning, like, okay, wait, this was a big deal for me to take a trip like this because it was a group trip with people I didn't know. I am in this stage of my life anyway, a very introverted person, like where I'm, I am now. I don't leave my house a lot. If I leave my house, I plan meticulously. I just, I'm, I've become so much of a homebody that just taking a wild trip with strangers is not something that I, that is very easy for me to do. But it sounded so amazing to go hiking up north. I haven't been in such a long time. So we just started getting excited and, you know, I didn't know what to expect and what's this hike going to be. And, you know, I was just like, I'm just going to go with the flow because I really have this highly intuitive feeling that I want to be there. I want to be above the Arctic Circle. I want to be up north. Like we have family way, way, way back um, from the northern parts of Sweden and I, I can feel this calling for more wilderness I love the forests where we live and the lake. And I mean, it, it is very secluded where we live, but it's nothing compared to, to up north. I mean, you can't, you can't compare it. <laughs> it's like, I think 75% of the land mass of Sweden, like the 75 uppermost northern parts of Sweden, there's only 4% of the whole population that lives there. It's the widest you know, it's the least, one of the least populated areas of all of Europe. Like it's just so vast and open and forest and mountains and, you know, really, really, really special. And I felt this calling, like I had the calling really I had. Honestly, the thing I really, really was craving is I want to drink water from a stream like an animal. <laughs> And I've been thinking about this for so long. I used to, We used to do this when I was little. We would go up north. We'd go on ski trips. And there'd be all these rivers. You know, you could find rivers everywhere with the purest, cleanest water. And you just put your water bottle in there. Or you just put your little kosa, which is like, I don't know how to translate that. It's like basically a little portable kind of wooden cup that we would always travel with. <laughs> you just put it into the river and you drink, you know. And I haven't done that since I'm, I don't know, I've, 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 I, there's streams in Costa Rica, you know, by waterfalls and things where, where you can drink the water. But even there, when it's so hot, it's a different experience. Um, rainforest, the humidity, I don't know, there's a different experience from like, like here, you know, feels like my waters somehow. So I had that urge, like, I want to drink water from a stream like an animal, <laughs> That's all I want to do. So I start getting excited for the trip. I realize I need hiking boots because I don't have any, but I want to hike. I really want to hike. Me and Olivia have been talking for years. We want to do El Camino. We want to do the pilgrimage walk 
um, in the northern parts of Spain. And we've been trying to make it happen for years. And then kids and stuff has come in between and, of course, work. And, you know, and we said we go for a month and do the whole thing. It's this pilgrimage you walk like a, it's like basically walking the whole northern part of, of Spain and you walk through France too. And then we said, okay, no, let's do just a two week version. So like it's manageable. And then we thought, well, if we can just do like a week, you know, and then my other friend, Michaela, we've also really wanted to hike for a long time. And I've been, we've been trying to make it work. And we've even said, let's just do a weekend somewhere. And we just go hiking, like don't make it so complicated, but it just keeps not happening. Like we're not prioritizing it anyway. So when this trip sort of fell into my lap, I was like, okay, well, this is the beginning. So I'm going to buy real hiking boots because I know I want to go. I really want to hike. So I got really good boots. Like I actually invested in like some really good boots. Learned that if you have to break in new boots before long hike, you can put them in the oven. <laughs> I shared that to the bewildering of many of my followers on Instagram, put them in the oven on low heat for 15 minutes and then put them on and they will kind of mold around your feet. And I think this totally worked because I didn't have a single blister after the whole trip and we walked for like two days. So I was getting all excited. And then in the middle of excitement pl planning for this trip, my friend, one of my best friends in Aruba, Yvette, who has been wanting to visit Sweden since we moved, basically since December. She's been asking, when can I come? When is a good time? And hasn't been able to come, you know, this whole time. And I have kept saying, you can come anytime. And I really mean it. Like, you don't have to plan. I'm not going anywhere. I have nothing planned, no trips. You can just come whenever you want and we'll make it work. Like, I'm always home. And then all of a sudden, she's like, hey, I booked a ticket. I'm coming on Sunday. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> She's coming on Sunday. What? I have this trip. Like, oh no, I'm going up north. Like, I'm actually going to be away. I'm going for this. <laughs> I'm going hiking. And she was like, oh, where? I'm like, yeah, way, way, way up north. Like, right at the northernmost border of Sweden, where Sweden and Norway meet. It's called Riksgränsen. Literally means like the nation border, pretty much. The country border, basically. And she was like, oh my God, you think I can come? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Should I ask? And I felt so like, this is like, a, this is like an impossible thing to ask. Like, I'm not even really invited. I'm inviting myself onto this trip, right? And I just asked, like, what's the harm? Worst thing is like, no, there's no space. You can't come. They were like, sure, no problem. The more the merrier. <laughs> it was just like, everything was just unbelievable. So we go anyway, and it's my, it's my fourth time. And I had to really think back. My memory is also so poor, just overall, I have really poor memory, but especially like childhood stuff. I have a hard time remembering, but I was up there skiing with both of my parents, which is always like strange memories. Like my parents divorced or split when I was two. So anything that we did with both mom and dad together has like a weird memory in my brain. You know, it's like fond, but also weird. And I don't know, you know, that feeling. I think... My brother was like five or six and I was probably eight or something like that. Yeah, seven or eight. And I really, like I have a really strong memory from that trip. So when you go, like this is as far north as you can go, right? I don't know how, what to explain it with. It's like the most, I'm like in longitude and latitude. It's like, it's north of Iceland, right? It's, it's, it's the only thing further north is the North Pole, <laughs> Okay. 
<laughs> like if you look at a globe, I'm like, we're like, we, we were right up top, <laughs> basically. And I have this memory there because you can go skiing. The skiing season is from February to June, sometimes into July. And the reason the skiing season starts in February, it's because it's too dark to ski, even though there's tons of snow, of course, all winter. It's too dark. Like you can't be in the slopes because there's no daylight at all. It's just, it's so far north that there's no sunlight, no daylight in the wintertime almost at all. So the season starts in February. And then you can ski if the, the snow is good all the way through midsummer, uh, which is end of June or mid-June. And that means you can go skiing in the midnight sun. Like you can be skiing at midnight and the sun is up. I mean, how 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 cool is that? That's pretty cool, right? Sweden's pretty cool. Do you agree by now? Am I like... I don't know. Am I am I a good <laughs> ambassador for Sweden now after having been, I think, a pretty good ambassador for Aruba and Costa Rica and other places in my life? I'm like finally being a good Swedish citizen, promoting Sweden really well. But I mean, that's pretty cool. Skiing in like some of the best slopes in the world at midnight in sunlight. Is, I mean, come on. So we went when I was little and I have this super strong memory of my brother, like when he was little, Ludwig. He was wild in the slopes. Like he, he had no fear. It was like he didn't have any breaks, you know. So he would just, like I remember myself, like we learned to ski when we were like two. Like like when you can walk, you learn to ski in Sweden. So I skied my whole life. But I was always like, I would, if it was a new slope that I didn't know, I would go to the edge, kind of look down, plan my route, you know, like kind of assess a little bit. My brother, crazy... <laughs> crazy little bastard like he would just take off from the lift in any direction like he, he wouldn't even pause to like find out where we were planning to go as a family and he would just like shoot off this off the slope like just like a cannonball and he wouldn't even turn <laughs> like he wouldn't even turn he would just go like we say in swedish it's like straight through it's just like whatever slope it was and i have this super strong memory that he did that he was so wild when we were little. He's not wild, like as an adult, like at all. Like he's very, I don't know, he was super, super crazy when we were little. And he went way down a black slope and pukkelpist. I don't even know how to say that in English. It's like, it's like one of the slopes that's a prepared slope. So it wasn't off piste, but a prepared slope where there, where you have these huge bumps just covering the whole side of the mountain. You know, so it's very, very advanced, like very advanced. It's a black diamond, whatever you call it, like the most, basically the hardest slope on the mountain there. And he just went straight down and then he got stuck. Like it was like so, so steep. That feeling of being a kid in a, in a black diamond slope. I mean, he was like six years old and we were all like good skiers because in Sweden, most people really are, but he got stuck there and got really scared. <laughs> and I can't remember who had to get him down. Like if it was my mom or my dad or both, I don't know, who had to like take their skis and my dad snowboarded always, like had to take it off and like walk to get him like some, I don't even know. And it was like a whole thing and he was crying and it was like, I have a very strong memory of that anyway. So that was many years ago, right? 25 years ago, probably. And then I was there once as a teenager and I was there right before I met Dennis for the first time. And this is one of these like bizarre things that I, 
I worry a little bit about my memory or what's going on, but I can, I had forgotten that we did this trip until I was there now. Like, it's just like, I haven't thought of this trip. I don't know if this is just how our memory works. We just, we can't think of everything all the time and remember everything all the time. But I went with my dad and my little sister. She was like eight, I think. It was February 2010. And I met Dennis in March of 2010. So February 2010, we went up to Dixkansen there, uh, to this area, and we went skiing. And it was so cold. It was like one of the coldest winters in a long time. It was minus 30 degrees Celsius when we were there, which is minus 20, minus 25 I don't know exactly. Yeah, minus 23, maybe Fahrenheit. I mean, so cold, like so cold, you know, like your car won't start cold, like it's crazy, crazy, crazy cold, like you, it's hard to be outside cold. And then the next week, like I was going back to Costa Rica where I lived. And the next week we went to Aruba. It was like how I got to Aruba in the first place. I think my dad just had like a month off work and he was living alone with my little sister, Emily, at the time who was just eight and he wanted to do something fun. And I mean, best month ever, right? We went skiing. I was like a beach bum broke living in my shed and then went to Sweden for Christmas and then, you know, got to go skiing and then got to go to Aruba on my way back to my shack. I mean, talk about, talk about luck, right? So, so we did that and then we got to Aruba and I remember sitting first day we arrived at Aruba, sitting at the Radisson where we stayed, like on the beach and then talking to my dad about the fact that there was a 60 degree difference in temperature in one week. Like we went from minus 30 to plus 30. So basically minus 22 Fahrenheit to like 90 degrees Fahrenheit in just a week. You know, it was like such a contrast. So crazy. This this like world is so, so beautifully wild. And when I met Dennis, which was that same week, the first time, of course, I talked about that trip, right? Because we had just been and it was such a contrast. And I still had like my weird little tan from wearing my ski goggles and 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 then that whole trip just fell out of my brain. Like, I don't know. I was so in love with Dennis. I built a new life, moved from Costa Rica. And then this whole like beautiful chapter of my life started that I never thought of that trip again, like really weirdly until just now. Like now, 13, almost 13 years later, I'm back there. And I was like, wait, I was here as an adult. Like, I remember now (laughs) being here. How have I not? Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just really wild. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. 
And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real-world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content, and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. So we get there. And the thing about, you know, the further up north you go now, the more you go into fall because the season's like a season's shifting so much sooner up there. So the whole land is just, it's orange and it's golden. And it's just, it's like everything is on fire. Like it looks so beautiful. It's so gorgeous. And this group trip with strangers that I thought I would feel like awkward and weird. It was lovely. Like everyone was so beautiful. Everything was so relaxed. I didn't feel any weirdness of any kind. And actually I start realizing like, hey, I think I've been a little too much on my own lately. Like I've been a little too introverted. I've missed meeting new people. I've missed talking to new people. And this side of me, which really is my inner my Sagittarius, like I'm Sagittarius rising, which is very extroverted, fun-loving, fiery, excited, loud person. And that side of me doesn't come out so much anymore because I'm just in my garden, right? <laughs> like, I don't, like I'm much more in my Libra right now, just in my, in my, <laughs> in my day-to-day than I am in my, in my Sag. And it was honestly, it was one of the most beautiful trips I've had, I think, in my life. I have to I have to really, really, really just hold space for that, how beautiful it was. And we go on this hike. I yeah, I'm 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 at a loss for words. And I'm I'm trying to kind of I don't want to overanalyze what happens inside of me when I'm out walking in nature for extended periods of time. But something happens in me, and I think something happens in you. I think something happens in all of us when we walk in nature without distractions, without our phones, without work, without, you know, something happens to us. It's like we return to to who we really are, that feeling of, of oh, well, this is where I am, right? Like, this is who I am. Like this is, this is it. This is now. And we're walking and we're walking, you know, through the most amazing landscape and seeing the most beautiful views. And at times it was hard and at times it was really easy. And we walked all day and come across, I don't know, how many streams did we cross? Like, I don't know. There was a river we had to cross. We had to take our shoes off. You could either like step through up to your knees or something and get your boots totally soaked or you could take your shoes off and walk through and I got to drink water from these streams like an animal. <laughs> I didn't like put my face in it. I wanted to, but I was like, I have a bottle, so I'm going to do this the the human way. <laughs> the human way. But just, just to drink this completely pristine, like structured, unbelievable water. It's like glacier runoff water, right? It's like this literally 
the most pristine snow and ice from the highest peaks of this part of the world that runs off and melts and goes through all of these rocks and down mountainsides and, you know, picks up all these amazing minerals. And it's so pure. It's like, it's so clean, purest water in the world. They say in this exact part where we are, it's like the purest water in Sweden. And, and I just, I, <laughs> I don't know. I had a, I haven't, I haven't had a lot of big experiences with drugs in my adult life. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like this was very close to what I imagined, like a very big psychedelic experience would be in a way. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I felt so at peace and so like at, as one with myself, just walking, just walking. And there were moments where I was like, wow, I I don't know why I don't live like this. I don't know why. Why have I ever in my life taken vacations or spent money and time doing things that weren't this, you know, I, I, and I was telling Olivia, like we need to, all of our vacations need to be spent just exactly like this. You know, there is, it was, it was the best. And then at the end we get to this, it's kind of, we had to climb up this or like hike up this ridge and there's from, you know, there's, there's, and let me get this right because he was very specific. Like the mountain range we walked is 400 million years old. And it formed when the North American like tectonic plate met the European side of that tectonic plate and they pushed together. And then the ice, of course, like there was during the ice age, there was so much ice covering this whole part of the world. And when the ice retreated, it sort of dragged down all these rocks it, that didn't really belong there, like from other places. And it really, it looks like a, a giant took a, took a mountain and smashed it into the mountain range. Like that's what it looks like. It's just scattered with these crazy rock formations that look, they look almost man-made. Like they don't look, yeah, it's the most bizarre, unbelievable landscape there. It's so, so, so beautiful. And we walk up this ridge and then right down below, it's like this little valley and there's a lake. It looked like an enchanted lake. Like it didn't look like a real lake. Like it looked like, it was kind of like Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Like, are we in the Shire or something? Like it was, it was just, it was just very otherworldly. And I've spent, as I said, like this is my fourth time up North, but I've always ever gone to ski I've only seen that landscape covered in meters of snow. I've never seen it in the summertime. I've never seen it in the fall, you know. And it was so different. It was so, so, so special. And we took all our clothes off and jumped into this lake, which was four degrees Celsius. I mean, it's basically freezing. And I felt, I don't know, I felt reborn. Like I was reborn in that lake. I didn't want to get up. I got in three times. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go back. You know, that was really my feeling, like kind of like all the rewilding work that I'm doing intellectually and also in my heart and in my body, all of this, you know, returning to the land and even the home course that I created, which is all about this and foraging and planting seeds and hugging trees and coming back to earth, right? And there's this part of of wilderness that I've been missing. Because even though I'm in the woods a lot, it's still 
Like there's, it's still civilized, the woods here. People still live fairly nearby. Like I still walk down a road where you can take your car to like, you know, I cross the road to get into the woods. Like up there, we're talking miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles of nothing. Like just wilderness, right? There's, there's, it's, yeah. <laughs> if I sound ecstatic, I'm like, that's because I am. And I'm sensing this, this, this feeling of like, I want to drink from a spring. I want to drink from the river like an animal. Like I want to walk barefoot on the earth. I want to go out into the moonlight and howl at the sky. Like I want to grow my armpit hair out. Like I want to like not I all of these feelings, like all of this longing that I have inside it occurred to me like as I'm walking, because there's this steady rhythm of just, just walking and walking and you have to kind of look down because there's a lot of walks and you have to be steady. And then once in a while you look up and it's, and everything's changed. Right. And the whole landscape looks different. And then there's an Eagle there. And then there's like, you know, we forage for these incredible, like stuff I buy in the grocery store. This, we had a guide of course who was like, yeah, well that's that. I'm like, what? I had no idea it looked like that. I had no idea. Can I, can I harvest some? Can I forage for some? Can I dig it up? It's like, yeah, go ahead. You know, it's just like having my fingers in the underneath moss up in the Arctic. Like it felt so, it felt so raw and beautiful and real. And as I'm walking and I start to have these big, big, big realizations just inside of myself, like I've been looking for so much. I've been searching for so much my whole life. I'm just searching and I want peace and I don't want to suffer and I want to feel loved and I want to feel held and I want to be seen and all this stuff that's kind of this longing that I've had, this search that I've been on that has shaped my whole entire life, right? And it just dawned on me like I just want to be myself. I just want to take all the layers away put down everything that isn't real, put down everything that is a facade, put down everything that feels like pretending, put down everything that feels like shame, put down everything where I am twisting who I am, even in the tiniest fraction of ways, everything that that takes me even just a millimeter away from who I am and my essence, like that has to go. Like that's what I'm looking, I'm just looking for myself. I just want to feel like me. And it was really, it was really funny because as we're walking, I, I feel so strong. I start to feel so powerful. I feel so free. I feel so beautiful. And I really, I can't capture that really in words. I start to feel luminous, like I'm glowing somehow, like I'm not just me, like somehow the rock and the moss and the roots that I just foraged for and, and the, the, you know, the eagle above me and the mountain and the springs and the rivers. It's like, like, I am also that somehow. Like I, I start to feel less separation from everything. And I feel so beautiful. Like it just really dawns on me. All of existence is this beautiful. And I am also all of existence. I'm a little part of existence, but I am all of existence also. And this existence is so beautiful. This world is so beautiful. I am so beautiful. And we take photos, of course, like so many photos. And I look at them later and I'm like, that's, that's it? Like, that's what I look like? 
<laughs> because it was almost like the feeling was like, I am like larger than life here. I'm part of the mountain range. I'm like Xena, the warrior princess, like that, like some kind of like goddessy warrior feeling. And then I look at these photos and it's just like, I'm just like a regular person out on a hike wearing a backpack. <laughs> you know, it became like almost a little bit silly. You know, it was just a regular human experience of putting on some boots and going for a hike. Like millions of people do that every single day. This is not strange or an anomaly or some great grand crazy thing. But for me, this experience really was. And I think because I am on this path and all the work I've done in this past year of just being with the land led me to this wilderness in this moment where I could feel so connected. And it wasn't just a hike for the sake of a hike, right? It was a oneness with the land, with my land, you know, with a river that feels like me, with, with, it was such a sacred experience. It really was. And I'm, I'm so grateful I got to experience it. And I'm, I'm grateful to Talisker, who is the, 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 the brand that created this trip. It was a press trip. <laughs> it's like one of those things I would never, ever do. It's like a press trip. I'm, I'm grateful for them that I got to invite myself onto this trip with Olivia and Siri and that my friend Yvette got to come, which was so crazy. And that it was just filled with people who are also all looking for a sense of belonging with, with nature. And then after the first whole day, it's like a whole day hike and we're in the sauna and <laughs> and doing the kind of like you do a cold dip and then you go in the sauna or a cold plunge and then the sauna and then back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I start feeling, I really felt like my whole body, not, it, it sort of felt like my body is not my body. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this became such a spiritual experience. I mean, I have a sauna at home. I'm in the sauna all the time. But I start feeling like my whole body could just melt into this bench and I will just like become one with the earth. Like it is fine. And I look at my body and I'm like, these are my stretch marks and this is my belly fat and this is my my face and these are my like sharp elbows and my nail bed. And I'm just looking at myself and I'm like, how can, how can, how can I be so human and so godly at the same time? Like, how can I be the earth and also just be a person? <laughs> and how can I be a person who like complains about stuff that doesn't work and, you know, has a hard time and, and then feels really grateful and happy. And then gets really, it's like, it felt so small to be human all of a sudden. Like, how can I be all of that and like worry about what I'm wearing or, what I look like in a photo on Instagram, you know, how can I be like those little things that also make up such a big part of our existence as human beings? Like, how can I be that? And I'm also a mountain range. Like it, did, it didn't compute anymore. <laughs> I know I sound like I'm high. I, I'm well aware. Like I'm, and I am, I guess I'm high on nature, I guess. I don't know. When we moved from Aruba to Sweden, we weren't really sure what to do with our home in Aruba. We didn't want to sell the space that had so many memories and offered us a place to stay when we returned to the island. But what else could we do after moving internationally? That's when my husband came up with a brilliant plan. We can become hosts on Airbnb. 
Since starting this, I can officially say my husband had the best idea ever. The process of getting our property on Airbnb was so easy. We were able to ask other hosts for tips and got a lot of great feedback. And actually, we still get tons of good feedback and we're constantly improving our space. And Airbnb is really flexible. You just choose the dates you want to host. So if you don't have a full-time rental property like us, that's perfect too. Hosting on Airbnb is great for anyone who frequently travels or has the extra space or has a seasonal house or even someone who always goes away at the same time of year for family traditions or work events. We all know the cost of living is excessive right now, so you can get more out of your space when you host on Airbnb. The added income has been so important for my family and has given my husband a project to manage that he genuinely enjoys. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A consistent body care routine is really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy, glowing skin. It actually boosts our mental health, too. So give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven seaweed-infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin, and it's my absolute favorite. I use Osea's products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but Osea's body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda. And it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skincare is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience, making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. And then we had just really amazing food. And then we went to bed. And I've talked a lot on this show about how I struggle with sleep and things like that. And we go to bed and I wake up in the morning and I even, I have, I have this because it's, yeah, the sun rises early and, and I can see the sun filter in through the curtains and I know it's way too early. I'm like, oh no, it's, it's, it's six o'clock in the morning and I'm just going to like close my eyes really tight and I'll just try to sleep a little more. Like we went to bed at, at 11 or something. I'm like, oh, I could sleep more. There's no, Leia isn't here. The dogs aren't here. Like I actually, I can sleep. I have permission to sleep and I'm lying really still, like knowing it's like 6 a.m. And I, I could sleep another three hours if I wanted to, right? Just like, just sleep, Rachel, just sleep. And then I hear Yvette next to me. She's awake and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I might as well get up. I look at the time. It's 9.30 a.m. <laughs> and I don't know how to explain that, but for me to sleep till 9.30 a.m., that does not, like, that does not happen. That is, and, and I mean, my whole body is just, I, have, I haven't had, I haven't had a night's sleep that good in years. 
I slept like a child. I slept like an animal, I think. I think an animal like can go into deep rest when they're safe, you know. I slept like a mountain range, I guess. I don't know. I had the best, the best night's sleep. One of the best night's sleep of my whole entire life. And then I got to eat breakfast and I got to do it all again. And we got to go hiking again and we got to see a bigger river. And it was just, I don't know, I I feel so much like myself right now. And I know that's how I started the podcast. It's like, how can we offer ourselves things and give ourselves the gift of coming closer to ourselves? And I can't get that out of my head. I can't get that out of my heart. It's like, I'm not looking for this big grand thing that I have to learn outside of myself or that I have to invite into myself or that I have to change in my life or figure out or a problem I have to solve and then everything will be better. I just have to get closer to who I already am and put myself in the way of experiences and circumstances that allow for that authentic version of me to be there. Because there's a lot of moments that aren't like that. And it's it's good, I think, for us to, to get really clear on what are the experiences in my life that take me so far from myself that I don't know what I want anymore, that I don't know who I am anymore, that I don't know how to ask for what I want when I don't feel comfortable in my own skin, when I don't feel like myself. And we need to do less of those things. We need to eliminate more of those moments from our lives. Like we need to put ourselves in the way of moments that make us feel like us. And it's going to be different for all of us, right? And no, not everyone can go up to the Arctic Circle and hike for two days. But yeah, there's stuff you can do right outside your doorstep that will make you feel like you. There's choices you can make in the everyday that bring you closer to home. And there's choices you can make that bring you further further away. You know, it's kind of like, I'm really tired right now. <sighs> Should I take a nap or lie down and rest? Or should I chug a frappuccino and like scroll on Instagram? You know, <laughs> like those are, it's a very human choice we can make. And yeah, we're not going to always be able to choose the nap, but we can offer ourselves some grace and some rest. And I think if we make more of those little choices, like searching for more alignment, searching for more comfort, making those small little decisions in our day that really not from the mindful, or when I say mindful, I mean full of mind, like from the mind-based place of this is healthy and this is unhealthy. This is good for me. This is bad for me. This will make me look this way. This will make me look that way. Not from there. Because that's like from a, an ego-based place that doesn't actually resonate or respond to our reality in this moment. Like in this very exact moment when I'm feeling this exact way, what brings me closer to home and what takes me further away? And I think when we are stressed, when we are overwhelmed, when we are burning out, when we are in that rat race, it's so hard to make the choices that bring us closer to us because the closer we get to us, the closer we're going to get to that voice telling us we need to change. There's some uncomfortable truth that we're trying to avoid by running really fast. There's something in our lives that isn't working and that innermost authentic version of ourselves will want to tell us that really loudly. 
and they might not be super eloquent, right? They might not be super graceful. They might not be very quiet, right? They will state their needs the way you stated your needs when you were a baby, when you were a kid, when you say, I want that now, I need this now. Instead of, well, it's okay, I'll go over here or I'll figure it out on my own. I don't need any help. I'm fine. When we're not fine, when we need help, when we want to be seen, when we want to take up space, when we deserve to have our needs met. And somehow making those choices that make us feel more like ourselves will eventually lead us to that great, big, beautiful, most true version of ourselves that's in there wanting to come out, that's in there wanting to live your very best life. And it might be really inconvenient, right? Might not fit with what you were told you were supposed to do or how you were told you were supposed to look or what you're supposed to care about. It's scary, right? Take some bravery to make that choice to go down that path. And I think just starting by what makes me feel like me, what people, scenarios, circumstances, places, experiences make me feel like me? Where can I be myself? When can I let my shoulders drop, you know, and just be who I am and feel that in my skin? Not when I've learned so-and-so, not when I've lost 10 pounds, not when I'm better at that thing. Now, now, and in the next now, and in the next now. And can I offer more of those experiences to myself in my life? And if there's lots of moments and circumstances that make me feel really awkward, really sad, really scared, like I don't fit in, like I'm not good enough, how can I change my life so I don't have to do those things anymore or be surrounded by those people anymore or be in those circumstances anymore? And that is all. Like that is, is all. I was listening yesterday to someone talk about this one person, just a, a, a person who was doing a lot and they had so many things going on and then this business and then that and then, yeah, they're writing a new book now and then they have this and then they have that and then this line of clothing and this. And I'm like, oh, I, I really like saw a version of myself in their life journey. Like I was really doing a lot of those things. And on that path of all the, the greatness and the muchness and the see me in all these ways, you know, the bigness, like I have to do more, 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 more. And now, <laughs> like I, I, had to, I, had, I had to just hold, like I'm like, it's so much work to grow tomatoes. <laughs> like, like to make one thing grow, like to put your hands in the soil and make one thing grow. And the dedication and presence of that, like, whoa, that's a lot. To put food on the table for your family, however you go about that, that one job that you do, whoa, whoa, that is a lot. That is so much work. That is so big. To parent your kids, your one kid, your five kids, however many you have, like that, However you go about that, like the thing that you're doing right now, that is so big. That is so, there's such greatness in that, right? Keeping a household together, well, staying married, <laughs> staying with your spouse, working on your relationships, B 
being on this healing path where you're healing old wounds, like that is, there's a muchness, there's a greatness in all of these things that make up our daily lives the way they are. And yeah, some of us are going to want to go down this path of this great big ladder and do more, more, more. But I think for a lot of us, holding the fact that there is so much greatness in what we already do and in the place we already are, we're still searching for ourselves, right? And even if we get to the very top of that ladder over there, we're still going to be looking for ourselves. So we might as well start now. And I felt in that moment, and I feel today, I feel so grateful that I'm here growing tomatoes. Like I feel so grateful that I'm doing that and that I'm not on that ladder anymore, right? And that doesn't mean that there's a lesser life there, you know, it doesn't mean that there's a failure there. Actually, it means I feel more like myself here. And that, that's success. Like that's so I want you to hold your own successes right now. Hold the greatness of the big things in the little things that you're doing every day. And I want you to really evaluate what makes you feel like you. So you can do more of that. Thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have a feeling we're going to go hiking together soon <laughs> of course that was like the first thing I said when I came home to Dennis I'm like we're all going hiking now we're gonna do retreats up north now you know but I have a feeling we're all gonna be hiking together very soon have a beautiful rest of the day take care of your hearts and I'll see you next week Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.